Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. Jason. Yay. Here we are, we recording are. a podcast. Here we are. Snowy. We got snow everywhere. Yeah, it it's winter. It feels like winter today. We've got probably five or six inches on the ground at this point. Nice wet snowman. Good, good snowball snow. fight weather. Yeah, yeah. Yep. it's it's really peaceful looking out the windows and seeing the snow. It is. Yeah, I mean, all those kids are at home, and we're like, I'm going to the office. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not a. Got to get to the office before I can't drive. <laughs> Although, I mean, really, snowed it in. wasn't bad this morning. Snowed so. into the office. Ah, oh, shoot! I hope you brought your sleeping bag. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, well, gosh. where else would you rather be but recording a podcast oh, with me? I know, I know. Here I am with you. <laughs> I mean, I can think of seven other places right now. <laughs> anyway, Jason. So I, I think, uh, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. for those of you who listen to the podcast. Thank you. You're probably listening right now. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who don't listen to the podcast, you're not going to hear this. Bad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) We try to have a rhyme or a reason. Yeah. A method to the madness when we come up with a cocktail on a finance topic. Yep. And I feel like so far the series that we've had this year, we've Mm -hmm. been really good about staying on point. So this cocktail that we have here, this crazy looking cocktail. This radioactive waste. (laughs) There there is a reason. Okay, there's a reason for it. And we'll get into that when we get into the ingredients. Very minty. (laughs) There's a reason behind this one. So it is uh, the the audio version of the podcast is released on February 1st. Yes. And that's Black History Month, Jason. Did you know that? I did, actually. Thank you, Google. I think it might be Women's History Month, too, or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, I thought we could showcase a famous famous African-American bartender. Tom Bullock. So what do we're we drinking have, do today? Do we have his like cocktail book laying around? We really no, need, we I, need to get that. I looked. I'm not familiar with this one. I am familiar with some of the recipes and yeah. some of the cocktails with Mr. Bullock's name on it. Mm-hmm. But we're drinking Tom Bullock's Stinger today. Ooh, okay. Stinger. And Tom Bullock was a he was a bartender in the pre-prohibition era. Oh, so this is like old time. This is old timey. This okay. is this is real old timey. Yeah, this is like post Civil War, pre-prohibition in that era. So wow. born in eighteen seventy two, died in nineteen sixty four. Was the son oh, wow. of a slave. Wow. Yeah. When did when was he born? Eighteen seventy two. Dang, he was he was almost a hundred years old. Dang. He lived a long life. Good job, buddy. Cheers. (laughs) But actually, uh, one of his claims to fame, other than having some recipes that are attributed to him, Mm -hmm. uh, he's the first known African-American bartender to publish a cocktail book. Oh, wow. Called The Ideal Bartender. Interesting. So we might draw on that a little bit more um, this month, Yeah, because I I mean, I I actually really like the simple cocktail. I do too. And most of these pre-prohibition cocktails are a little bit more simple in nature just because of the... We didn't have access to, well, I don't know. I guess I don't know the history, but I'm looking at like the Luxardo, the Galliano's, the the Maraschino liqueur, the Benedictine. Although these are pretty old. No, no, no. You're thinking Campari. Oh, Campari. Yeah. Whoops. (laughs) But actually, I think that we're shooting ourselves in the foot naming some of these off because now that I think about it, these are pretty old mixers too. Yeah, but I mean, I... I'm assuming they were imported. Uh, but like the elderberry liqueurs yeah, and all yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know, the crazy, like the... This is pretty straightforward, this recipe. Very, very. Yeah. It's, this one's two ingredients, which is right up our alley. We're simple guys. <laughs> we can usually handle that <laughs> even though you screwed it up. So speaking of the two <laughs> ingredients, Jason, uh, and you can see my screw up here. What do you think one of them is? Well, it's definitely cream de menthe. De menthe? 
Oh, well, this is so much controversy. Dement, again, dement. here we go again. Yeah. Okay, green to cream dement. It's minty. Uh, we're gonna go with that. Cream yeah, dement. So not listerine. Cream dement. <laughs> Got it. Uh, yeah. So that's one of Got the that two one ingredients. Uh, the other is brandy. Yeah. That cognac. Sorry, it specifies well, cognac. Got now, it. boys and girls. Ooh. All cognac. Get your chalkboard out. <laughs> yeah. All cognac is brandy, not all brandy is cognac. Ooh, right? Yes. Just like all bourbon is whiskey, not That's all whiskey right. is bourbon. Correct. All brandy. Champagne is Chomp- sparkling wine. Champagne. Is sparkling wine, but yeah, <laughs> champagne. But not all sparkling wines are champagne, right? Okay. Oh, so gosh. there's that distinction there. So we've got some cognac in here. One and a quarter ounces of cognac. Okay. A half an ounce of cream de menthe. That's all, Jason. Yeah, a but half it was an ounce. A, it was white. Yeah. Cream okay. So there was my mint. mistake. Well, A, we only have green cream de mint here, and no. I notice after I mix it up, and I'm like, man, that doesn't look like the drink in the picture. <laughs> There's just a little bit of green in there, but it really takes over. Uh, so Yeah, and we've we've used this in other drinks. I think It's a Wonderful Life. Was that Did that have that in uh, it? Yes, it did. Yeah, that one was very, very green. The Gin Caruso. Gin Caruso also. Yeah, what a fun Gin guy. Caruso. What was a, that reminds me, I don't know, when I hear Gin Caruso, I think of Gina Carano. No she idea. was a UFC uh, fighter, <laughs> and then she now she acts. She was in the Disney Star Wars oh, really? series. Yeah, huh. she got blackballed for some conservative views. Oh, <laughs> Jen Caruso. Jean- anyway, <laughs> yeah. So we have used cream de mint a couple of times here recently. So a simple cocktail. Yeah. So here we if go. If you get the white cream de mint, you won't have this. You'll have a more a, a prettier brownish reddish. It's like Grinch punch. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Th- this looks. It looks goofy, but anyway, I cheers. bet it tastes great. Oh yeah, minty. It's not overpoweringly minty like the Gin no, Caruso, but it's was. Uh, it's minty brandy. That's what it is. Yeah. I yeah. you know what though, I get why they use white. Oh yeah, I'm having a hard time getting oh, over the green. <laughs> that that is not very appetizing. It's um, it's just messing with my psychology. <laughs> I mean, I, I maybe I, this is inappropriate, but if uh, you set this down at a party, birthday party, and a kid comes up and sees this oh, green in like, glass, that looks like Kool Aid, baby. Exactly. Yeah. Does so, your cat like green jello? <laughs> I don't know about the cat, but I sure am enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, so there you have it. I guess Tom it was Bullock lime Stinger. jello, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whoops, I screwed that up. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, not the first time. It won't be and the And not last. the only thing. We are on the struggle train today. We <laughs> definitely oh, don't oh, ask us to ride on the anything. struggle bus. <laughs> Jason, getting into the finance topic today. All right. We are going to continue with our, our theme so far that we've had for this new year, New Year's resolutions that you can keep. Yep. And we've kind of just progressed along so far. We talked about budgeting. We talked about emergency savings. We've talked about how to actually go about your savings with a purpose. You know, we've done sinking funds. We, we talked about retirement accounts a little we bit. Did. I think the title of the episode was Tuning Up Your Retirement Savings, exactly. right? Exactly. And I think that was like a general understanding yeah. of retirement accounts because... Now this has to like build in another layer. This so, is going to be a deeper dive. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because you you do this is a question I think when you ponder at the snow and think about the <laughs> looking out the window. Looking out the, the window, snow. You're kind of thinking am I doing enough? Like is it yeah. like is it We is get it, that question a lot, Jason. A lot. A lot. And it, and I, that's the title of this week's episode. It is. Is it enough? Is it enough? Okay, so we're not going to ponder We're getting like deep, real deep now. Yeah, this is not an existential exercise and uh, we're just not going there. We're not. I think, again, a common mistake with isn't enough is like it's a mathematical formula. You solve yeah. it. There's an answer. 
And so not give one me my magic number. Yeah, I, it was, was like it ing. Remember, it was ing. Now it's something else. They had uh, like an or, what was the rabbit? There was an orange rabbit. Yeah, orange yeah. rabbit. What what's the your heck? number? What's I think it was. Number? What's your number? Was their marketing campaign? Yeah, it's that idea, right? Yeah, or the fidelity, like get on the that green line they always showed in their commercials. Like, you it's know, pretty good marketing. It is good marketing, but again, I think it's the assumption that you're gonna like. There's a exact correct answer. Yeah. If my age and my my situation just just give me the number and if i know what to shoot for i can save that and i'll be okay right right exactly exactly it's not quite that easy no not that that's easy it's not there's a methodology behind that but i think what we're going to dive into a little bit more is is some of the practical aspects we we started touching on the 15 percent rule last week and i can't remember we might have hammered on the 15 percent i think we did yeah because again that is it's very behaviorally based. Yeah. It's good. So, yeah, so we did. We're, we're going to get into some of the methodology, why that yep. makes sense in this episode. Sure. Some of the other, I, I would say, supporting theories or supporting methodology yeah. that's out there and just why it makes so much dang sense. But before we get into all of that, Jason, you know me, when I have a chance yes. to get just Here throw stats and stuff out there, I'm all over it because... Well, and you know, I it's funny because I have clients ask like, you know, like, how do I rank? Like, yeah, how am I doing? How am I doing? Like, is it to, enough compared to my <laughs> compared to people of my age? Am I on track? Yeah, and that is a really rough question for an advisor. So, um, I mean, most of the time, it depends on what your goal is. It right? depends on a lot, yeah. and uh, I think that the the basis of that question is flawed too, right? And I I have it kind of listed on here. You know, what's normal? Yeah. Well, okay. First, let's determine what's normal. And then we got to talk about is is normal and how in the is world right? can two really weird guys determine what normal is? <laughs> it's been a while since I've been normal. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's there's comfort in knowing that oh, well I'm like my peers. Mhm. You know, if if everyone's right, then I'm doing okay. If everyone's wrong, we're all sinking on the same ship. Right. But I think that's what we got to determine. What's what's normal and then is normal really what we're shooting for? And we know that a lot of people can make it under normal, by the way. Sure. But let, let's get into some of this because I think it's really fun. It's interesting, Jason. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to kind of throw some things out there and then you tell me what you think. I think a lot of times people want to know, all right, so what's the average, you know, 35-year-old? I'm, like, I'm 37. Let's see. What's the average person my <laughs> I'm age? I'm rounded down. I'm feeling young. <laughs> what, what, what's the average person my age have uh, in retirement accounts? Jason, what do you think? Under 35. We're going to break this up. Under 35. And this all came from a Nerd Wallet article that was just written a couple of days ago, I think. But yeah, the under 35 crowd, what do you, this is kind of hard with the average, but we'll touch on medians later too. But okay. On average, what do you think the under 35 crowd has in retirement savings? $11,000. So you're much closer to the median, actually, which is probably a more accurate, right? Because you have a lot of people that put nothing in there. Right. Then you have some overachievers that really bring the average up. Maybe the sample size isn't great. Under 35, the average is $30,170. The median is $13,000. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about that 35 to 44 crowd? Now that's, this is our, these are our folks. I know. This this is us. Gosh. It's our version of the show. This is us. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to cry or get sappy on this show. No, that is not our goal. I don't seventy-eight thousand. Okay, it's actually one hundred and thirty-one. Okay. Uh, just under one hundred thirty-two thousand. Well, is there a median on that one too? There like a, is. There is. The median is sixty thousand. So you're okay. Pretty close with the medians. Okay, on maybe so that's kind of where my head is at here. 
That's interesting. 45 to 54. What do you think on that <laughs> age range? Gosh. I, so I'm going to try to adjust my thinking here a little bit. 195. Okay. The average is about 255-ish. Okay. With a That's med- close. median of $100,000. Plus or minus a couple hundo. <laughs> 55 to 64 that is not how we manage money yeah, here <laughs> plus or minus. 55 to 64 yep i'm gonna say i don't know 370 you, you're, you're real dang close on that it's 408 actually okay. okay that's the average now the median this is where it starts to get really depressing i think maybe i shouldn't say that that sounds really judgmental but i what i'm saying is this is where the urgency in my mind is starting sure, to pick up. Right, okay. Right. So from 55 to 64, this is where people are in that retirement red zone. Right. The median is 134,000. So from 65 to 74, wow. the average is slightly higher. It's 426,000. And then the median is 164. So, wow. you know, what does that, that tell of, us? That's shocking. Actually. I, I wouldn't, I mean, I think we've, we've all heard the studies though. I mean, I know like when I first got in the business, it was like the average retiree retires with $100,000 of savings. I mean, it was real low. And so they were living on social security still probably to this day. You know, I've been in this business for, you know, that many decades, but that's hasn't changed much when you look at those numbers. I mean, and with those numbers, Jason, really, you know, you you look at someone who's got to live off of social security, if they're lucky enough to have a pension in the house as Mm -hmm. well, too, you know, maybe a spouse has a pension also, or or you've got two social security checks. But with something like that, we're we're not thumbing our noses at a hundred thousand dollars. That's no, a lot, a of, lot money. of money. Yeah. But you know, depending on when you retire, for most folks, it's pretty tough to take that hundred thousand dollars and then put the pressure of withdrawals on that. That's kind of got to be there for those emergency outside of the box situations. Yeah, you're going to you know? live on your monthly cash flows, mm-hmm. and you're you're not going to uh, dip into that retirement savings unless you need to do something. For like an emergency or a big purchase. I mean, we have clients that do it. Yeah. And, you know, if you're very conservative, but again, I think it's nice to see the difference between median and average there. Yeah. Is it, it's median is probably a more accurate representation. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I think that's true for sure. But uh, we talked a little bit about the numbers and what people have in their retirement account. So you're probably, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, where do I rank? Do I feel good about this or not? And this is something that it comes out every year mm-hmm. typically. And, and the numbers seem to be pretty much in line. I pulled this off of T Rowe Price's website. Okay. They do a lot of 401ks and retirement yep. accounts yep. for folks, you know, employer plans and things like that. So they've published a list of benchmarks based on age. So at age 30, how much do you think you ought to have saved in retirement? Ought to have saved. Ought to. Mm-hmm. Not a dollar amount. Okay, so we're going to oh, think about in percentage. relation to salary. Sorry. Yeah, percentage of salary. Uh, 7%. Okay, so it's half of your salary saved today, basically. At age 30, whatever your salary is, they're saying you should have half of that in retirement. Oh, I see. Like of your, pre- as yep. a percentage of your salary. I see. Okay. Interesting. I just, I didn't, I didn't answer the question. I worded it kind of funny. That's all right. At age 35, one to one and a half times your salary. That makes sense. Where it gets tricky is when you're in that age, the 35 to 40, 45 age range, you're probably, your salary is Is going up up more rapidly than it normally would too, right? This is an interesting way of looking at it. it, It's a benchmark. Okay. I do think that this is maybe a little more helpful than dollar amounts. Sure. Definitely. Yeah, because everyone can be like, okay, my salary times two, salary times whatever. And, and yeah. for some people, $100,000 in retirement, is they're going to be fine. Yeah. For other people, no. No way. No yeah. way, no how. 
just depending on how much they've made in their yeah. career, what kind of spending habits they have. Absolutely. At age 40, they recommend one and a half to two and a half times. Age 45, two and a half to four times. At age 50, you ought to have three and a half times to five and a half times your salary. 55, we're getting into that red zone, four and a half to eight times your salary. Wow. Age 60, six times to 11 times. At age 65, seven to 13 and a half times your salary. Wow. So we're assuming probably retirement at 65. That's interesting. I I would say that correlates back to that 15% rule really well. It does. On the high end of these. So So what's fun about this, they're good, helpful benchmarks, maybe. But again, I think that's where we're going to get into the 15% rule and why it's... why. The 15% rule is not necessarily a mathematical thing, but a behavioral thing. It really right? is, yep. So, okay, I did a couple of, I, I read a couple of studies. I'm going to try to cite my sources as much as possible. Purdue University, who yep. has a very good CFP program yep. and, you know, pretty widely respected. Business school. Business school, exactly. Yep. They they cite Fidelity's 50-15-5 rule. Hmm. Are you familiar with the 50-15-5 rule, Jason? I don't know. I don't think so, but I'm, I'm guessing. Here. Okay, so this is a very popular methodology mm-hmm. on budgeting and saving, right? So 50% of your income you should live be... On. Yes. No more than 50% of your income is fulfilling your, your daily needs, paying the mortgage, your insurance, all that kind of stuff. The target here, 15%. That's retirement. Pre-tax, going to retirement, right? Yep. So 15% gross. Okay, so there's that number, 15, right? It just cre- uh, crept up. And then they have 5% as a, you squirrel that away for emergency savings and sinking fund type things. Interesting. Okay. So not a bad concept. I think that's a pretty good concept. Fidelity is a big company. Help a lot of people retire, yep. right? There's, there's, that is a very, okay, 50, 15, five, that's easy to remember. Is that an exact equation? No. I think it's kind it of scary though. Like, you know, you go to a bank and you, you sign up for a mortgage and they're mm-hmm. going to be like, your debt's income allows you to get like, you know, 33% or something well, for a mortgage. They'll take you what, up to 45% of on a, your uh, on a mortgage income? On a what else are you going to live on? Yeah. I mean, so right there, you're basically throwing away any chance of saving for retirement and the emergency fund thing is probably going to just get eaten up with emergencies. Yeah. Okay. Because a big house. That's living check to check. That's yeah. probably being house poor. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Interesting. That's very fascinating to me. That fifty fifteen five. I kind of scoffed at it a little bit when I heard it, and then mm-hmm. I read it, looked into it a little bit more. It, so it, why it does doesn't it sense. add up to a hundred? Because life happens. <laughs> and remember that fifty percent is that's that's your mortgage, that's your insurance, that's your you know any but other. But you also in- have taxes involved in here you got too. Taxes right? involved, yep. yeah. but then you've also got entertainment and things that you Living. you have to live. Living, right? Yeah. yeah. Outside of outside of your your necessary requirements. So. I kind of like that, actually. I think most people could you know, follow that kind of method. You yeah. know, It's great for budgeting, Jason. Yeah, exactly. You're just um, like, I'm just going to split this off, and that's all I got. If you're having trouble putting together a budget and allocating yeah. things to different boxes or columns or however you set your yeah. budget up, there, there's a good a We good bring home 6000 I'm going to put 3000 over here. That's my expenses. Yeah, 3000 is what we're going to live on. Yeah, to keep the lights on. Yep. Yep. Fifteen percent in retirement, five in your your incidental savings. Your uh, that's, I kind of like that. I, I do. I, I'm not going to lie. I do like that. Maybe because they use the fifteen percent for retirement thing. Well, yeah. there's some other things that we're gonna, we're going to find here that <laughs> do support that fifteen percent. And I say rule, but okay. guideline. Okay, so sure. Charles Schwab. This is an article called "How Much Should You oh, Save?" Oh, Chuck. Yeah, ask Chuck. Um, <laughs> someone did ask Chuck. Actually, it was a question from a thirty year old. <laughs> yeah, basically wanting to know. Hey, I've got my my first job. 
I want to get serious about saving. Okay. So I got a big boy job. Saving? And, and they're going basically, you know, they're going to point to, well, when you're starting at 30, here's mm-hmm. what you should be looking at. And the importance of this is starting early. What I thought was really, really interesting about this was they base all of their numbers and it was dependent on when you start and just showing you that if you start younger, you don't have to save as much, right? Correct. Because time being on your side is, yep. is your best asset. Okay. Yep. So it, they, they say they recommend if you're getting starting, started in your 20s that you should be saving 10 to 15% of your gross, you know, your pre-tax income and mm-hmm. retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. If you're not starting till you're in your 30s, you probably want to amp that up a little bit. Yep. 15 to 20% cuz you've got some catching up to do, right. right? You've got maybe 10 years of compounding and contributions to make up for. If you're starting in your 40s, 25 to 35%. Okay? So if you're in your 40s and you're just getting started, realize, okay, this should affect your budget. How much house can you afford? All these yeah. other things. If you're yeah. looking at that 50, 15, 5, mm-hmm. there's a lot more of your that extra 30, right? right that's being gobbled up. And um, I think so. this is like probably one of the most stunning examples of finance that you can teach a young person. So listen, if you are under the age of 20 and happen to be listening to this podcast, have somebody show you the time, the the cost of waiting. I know Dave Ramsey has an awesome example of this, which you're probably going (laughs) to use, but even just understanding present value, future value, the the compounding effects, especially when you add a little bit every month. And you know, I've been seeing like save $100 a month from like, I, it's just floating all over the internet, like as a meme almost. Mm-hmm. Like you save $100, from $100 a month at age 20 till you're like 60. And it's like some ridiculous number, like $1.7 million. And basically the crux of it is like time. Start, start early. Compound the crap consistent. out of this. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it's really fascinating. And it's something that every person that is working should understand. They yeah. need to understand the value of this. So, as we've said, this is not a hard and fast rule. Okay. The 15%, it just works out real nice. Yeah. But let's put some numbers behind it. Remember right. when we used to say that? Let's put some math behind it. Yeah. Yeah. We should we love math. We should say that. Yeah. We should do the we need like a tax gi- code We need like a too. giant uh, like <laughs> business calculator that can go behind our head or something. You're a giant business calculator. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned that's Dave the nicest Ramsey. thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> uh, Ramsey Solutions, they did, and they're big proponents of the 15% rule yeah, or definitely. the 15% guideline, whatever we want to call it. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that we put some math behind it. Now, there's some things in here you could debate. Okay. But their idea here was on a 30 year investment time mm-hmm. horizon, and we're going to assume an average household income of $70,800. Household income. Okay. Okay wherever your income is, it's okay. This is for illustration purposes. Yeah, all right? You can divide it by whatever or multiply it by whatever based on your income. And I think what we're going to find here is, well, you might look at some of this and go, well, that's not realistic. I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But 15% invested through monthly contributions, 15% of $70,800, that would be $885 a month. Okay. okay. Do you have room for $885 a month? Assuming an annual rate of return of 11%. Okay. This is compounded. Little debatable here. It's a little high. It's a little high. Okay. Well, okay. We'll use it. But this is uh, this is not a variable in this one, nope. right? The eleven the eleven percent in their study or in their their layout here remains. So that gives you two point four eight million dollars at the end of thirty years. Wow. Okay. 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 Now remember, we're also not assuming raises and things right. like that. That's right. seventy thousand eight hundred dollars for the next thirty years, putting fifteen percent away. Okay, and getting eleven percent compounding. Right. But if we drop that to 10%, Jason, that's $590 a month. 
maybe a little easier pill to swallow. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, I can, I can get that done. Sure. The 11% return, uh, again, we'll debate that. We're looking at a 30-year number of 1.65 million. Wow. Okay, so that's a big difference. Wow. 5% would be $295 a month at 11% compounded for 30 years, $827,300. Wow. wow, that's crazy. Now, I would say that most people listening would say, if I had $827,000 <laughs> saved for retirement when I retire, hey, buddy, we're doing good. Right. Okay. But well, again, the there's a lot of things that we yeah. didn't, we did not factor into this raises, inflation, all that other right. stuff, right? Yeah, and if the rate of return for some reason is half, you're half wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, like it, it will make a significant difference in what you're doing here, and I, I think that's really important to realize in any any circumstance. This stuff is just here to help you gauge: Am I on track? Yeah. So, is it enough? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I think. What we're doing here, mm -hmm. essentially, is we are solidifying why that 15% number works so well. Yep. Th the younger you start, the less that you maybe have to put away. I mean, we are like, I'm like imploring you, like, listen to that advice. Yeah. Okay. It's something you can make more money. Yes. You can out earn your stupidity. Yes. But if you start early and you start with a reasonably small, you know, nest egg, man, it just couple hundred yeah. dollars a month. Is the humongous. sooner you start, the better. And that's why I yeah. think this 15% rule is less about the math. I wrote on here, this is actions versus Monte Carlo. Yeah. Monte Carlo, I don't mean the, the cool car from the 80s. <laughs> I mean... Or the place in Europe. The, the simulation. <laughs> you sit down with a financial yeah. planner and they're going to plug in a $100,000 or 100,000 different retirement scenarios based on good markets, bad markets, average markets, all right. that kind of stuff. Right. And they're going to say, here's your probability here's the sequence of, of making it, yep. right? Yep. Is that the most important thing or are some of these actions that we can actually, we can help what we do Absolutely. with our budget with that, you know, using a 15, 50, or a 50, 15, five rule or something like that. We can help that. We can't help it if the markets stink for three years in a row, right? right exactly. We can't help that stuff. So, you know, what can you do? Well, you can get up close to that 15% number at 15%. Yeah. Start funding other goals, start funding college education or kids education yeah, and all that your, kind of stuff. Pay your house off sure. early, you know, do the, do the, maybe save for the business you want to start that kind of stuff. And I, I think, I think that this is always going to be a battle between academic and heart. Yeah. You know, uh, your brain is fighting your heart on this one and it's kind of a trust, trust the, the number, uh, if you want to work it just to verify, it makes sense. Bingo. Yeah. We can do the math to make you feel better. Yep. But it's about putting the right actions in place. And no, you might not be able to go and do 15% tomorrow. But if you put little things in place like upping your 401k contributions everywhere, yeah. uh, every year automatically, right? Those are the types of things you can do. The sooner you get there, the better off you're going to be. If you're plugging 15% away in retirement, you're probably going to be okay. And when you're getting raises... Put a little bit of that in there. I think that's the important. best time to pay yourself yep. in your retirement You're account. You're not used to it anyway. Well, thanks for having a drink with us this week, folks. It is time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want to address on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's BlueJFG.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Cheers.
Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.